the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Yesterday, I told you about two guys, Mike Warren and Chris Lang. They, uh, they created something called Open Source Roads in Indiana. It's a grassroots organization that decided enough is enough. Our roads are horrible and we have to fix them. And the state and the city said, well, I'll take about 700 and some million dollars to fix them all. And so these guys just got together. I mean, the, it, uh, Chris is a libertarian activist um, and he was doing, you know, government outreach. He was doing journalism, yada, yada, yada. And he decided, you know what? We're just going to get some asphalt and some friends and we're just going to fix it ourselves. And so far, it's going well. We have uh, Chris Lang on the phone with us now. Hi, Chris. How are you? Pretty good, Glenn. How about yourself? Uh, very good. Congratulations on this. And I, I was, it, it, you give me hope. You and uh, Mike give me hope and all the guys that are working with you. Thank you. Yeah, we get that a lot. And uh, it's good to hear that kind of positive feedback really reaffirms what we're doing. Now, I do, I do want to say that I do believe the man is going to come and crush you to death. Uh, for doing this, I mean, you're a, you're a, an accident or a lawsuit away, or just somebody who has a, a bug up their butt uh, that wants to crush you for for thinking and doing something on your own. You realize that, right? <laughs> I realize picking my words here very carefully. Yes. I realize that the city has its own procedure for how they would like the road work to be done, and while they might argue about specific materials used and the way the labor is performed, I, know, I understand their biggest concern is safety. However, to me, this problem has expanded. First of all, this whole thing was founded on a lot of people think we're just trying to fill in the potholes here. And the problem is bigger than that because a pothole isn't just a pothole. These are failures that our city has allowed to continue for years by moving the funds to places where they shouldn't be, just not spending funds specifically allocated for these repairs in general. And the issue has become safety in the universal sense. When you drive through Indianapolis, it's almost like everyone's driving through a mapped out minefield. You're watching the road 10 feet in front of you. You can't even look up at the cars around you because you don't feel safe unless you're swerving vehemently and sometimes lane-killing potholes. So to us, if the city is going to come down on us, we are, we are understanding that might be an issue, but we are willing to contend that the safety of the city is already at risk, and what we're doing is necessary, not just, uh, not just some you know, kids filling in potholes. And the whole point to this process, the whole point to this activism was to draw attention that specific fact. So if the city wants to give us more attention by trying to stop us from fixing their own problem, then, man, that's just going to turn more heads their way, you know? So, Chris, I love this because the, the system has failed and you've decided that you're not going to just uh, sit around and watch it fail. And you're not going to you're not going to do something destructive. You're not somebody standing on the sidelines going, burn the whole thing down. You're actually just going to say you're just saying uh, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to we're going to fix it ourselves because we have a right to. Personally, I'm, the burden the whole thing down would not be entirely opposed by me, but yes, I, I would say <laughs> that it, it is important. And that, that was the whole point, was we could argue all day about the legislative process and what needs to go into it and 
who needs to be taxed what, but this was this is part of me and Mike's activism in general. You know, we're discussion can go on for so long, but while we're debating, people are swerving potholes, people are crashing and getting in accidents on our roads, we're getting overtime in repair shops. You know, like other great issues Mike and I have faced, like mass incarceration or trying to stand with anti-war and anti-interventionist groups. Like, these are big ideas, but this is one of the ones we can directly and bipartisanly do something about. And that's pretty much what the whole focus of the project has been. So I have a a kind of a you know some might say a stupid question some might say you know a highly technical question um i was always told there's no such thing as dumb questions well good because I, I where the hell do you even buy asphalt i don't even know where you would get that <laughs> it, it, that's the thing it's like there's it seems like there's a lot of steps in this process and that's that's inevitably what the whole permit-seeking mindset has created in people. Everyone thinks there's a million things you'd have to check off before your first pothole. We got $50 of fundraising material. We went to Menards, and we asked an employee to show us where pothole makes clothes. And there it was, big black bags just labeled pothole patch. I couldn't even tell you the brand of them. It's just so generic and straightforward. And everything else we just learned on the Internet. We just... We sweep out the holes, which is, by the way, more than what the city does. In fact, most of our repair work is more than what the city does. And everything else is just our own personal experience. At this point, we're kind of experts on the matter. I, I, I have great <laughs> respect for you, um, uh, Chris. I really do. I, I, think, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. I, I love the, the way you spoke about the anarchist in, uh, in uh, Oregon that you saw, you know, do the basically the same thing in Oregon and you say well I'm 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 not an anarchist but that's a good idea and you guys did it and and I think the spirit of people just a, a saying little, little go ahead on that was that Indy Indy Star quoted us as saying we're not anarchists and what I would and they were correct on that quote but what I was implying more was that group tends to be anarchist socialist whereas we're more propertarian anarchists, a little more on the libertarian side of anarchists, but we are anarchists, and a lot of the uh, philosophy behind what we do has been rooted in anarchism and individual self-reliance, you know? Okay, so so let me just, because anarchy gets a really bad name because it's anarchy, um, but uh, <laughs> uh, there is a difference between anarchy everybody fend for yourself there is no law there is no rule there is no there is no justice or you know it's 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 mad max and then there is the you know the constitutional anarchy as designed by our our founders to where you are responsible for almost everything in your life the government is is only going to do just the very very basic is that the kind of anarchy you mean uh or 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 the you know Mad Max. I have to... it all down Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I played enough video games to tell you that the Mad Max scenario sounds pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, right. I I definitely though am still founding a lot of my uh, my philo- my personal philosophical beliefs, but I do I do believe in a principled anarchy. The idea that there would be no forced higher hierarchies, and a big word I'd stick with is voluntarist, which is no one is compelled to do anything off of their property by force. Yeah, okay. And a big part of that is my universal application of that. And so, yeah, I think my anarchy isn't Mad Max. It's more of uh, 
think of like a homeowners organization and how it maintains a neighborhood yeah. that everyone chooses to live within the neighborhood. No one is forced to. Correct. Um, that on a global scale is a pretty broad terms what I believe in. So um, can I ask you a question? How are you, how are people, and this is an honest question, how are people anarchists and socialists? So that was the question that I first, because I came from a fairly conservative family and when I first, you know, moved through my political compass, I came across libertarianism. When I heard about libertarian socialism, that sounded like an oxymoron to me. And I still don't identify or agree with a lot of the base socialist principles. But in the theory, I understand it. And I, I, I still look for a lot of answers in execution. But what I see a lot of anarcho-socialists argue for is that the hierarchies themselves of the government don't exist, but democratic hierarchies where people within societies choose universal ways to distribute goods exist. I don't, now, like I said, I don't, yeah, I don't really hold these views. Yeah. That's kind of in general terms, how I've come to understand it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris, congratulations. Thank you so much. If uh, you start getting heat anywhere, you let us know, will you? Definitely. I would be glad to get some uh, public eye on that. Yeah, and we have a we have a story that is on this now at glenbeck.com. If you want to know how you can help and get involved, go to glenbeck.com, look for the article, no permit, no problem. Uh, and it will uh, guide you to their GoFundMe page, and you can, you can help them uh, not tear up the streets, but actually repair the streets and uh, see if they can change things in Indianapolis. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.